Welcome to Money Matters, the podcast that focuses on how to use the money you have, make the money you need, and save the money you want. Now, here is your host, Ms. Kim Chapman. Welcome to another edition of Money Matters. I am your host, Kim Chapman. Wedding season is in full bloom, and if you're a prospective bride looking for ideas to make your day unique and memorable, you don't want to miss today's session. When it comes to weddings, there are so many options. They're just endless. What do you do? Do you plan it yourself? Do you get a wedding planner? Do you do maybe a I do barbecue? Today, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about everything from doing it yourself to justice of the peace. My guest today, I have a round table of just highly experienced women that are going to tell you everything you need to know. I have Miss Rachel Bourgeois with Go Weddings, our very own senior talent development specialist, Patrice Robinson, that did a DIY wedding. And then, of course, we have Justice Christy Mayo, who is a justice of the peace. Welcome, ladies. Welcome. <laughs> we have so much to discuss. I tell you, you know, normally I try and fit everything in 45 minutes. That's going to be a hard task for us today because, I mean, could we not talk about weddings for the rest of the day? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, Rachel, we're going to start with you because it's kind of a little more of a traditional sense in, in terms of dealing with wedding planning and having the different services, somebody provide those for you. So tell us, what is Go Weddings? Go Weddings is a... A directory, you know, resource site for brides. We have vendor listings. We have about 31 different vendor categories. We also have different tips, advice, you know, different advice columns for for brides. We also have a marketplace too, which is where brides can initially sell some of their their used items or, you know, buy certain things that they they see on there. For instance, I've had a bride that, you know, actually sold her wedding dress. We've had different candles and things like that, stuff that's, you know, can be fairly expensive sometimes. So it is nice to be able to, to A, for if you're abroad and you want to kind of get rid of these things and, um, you know, you don't really necessarily have a need for them after a wedding. So it's useful for a bride to be able to, to purchase those things. So. And so while everybody knows the term bride, there's another term called bridezilla. So I have to ask... What really attracted you to this industry and how long have you been in the industry? I've been in it. I've had my business now, the photography business for 17 years. I actually started a few years before that as an assistant photographer. I fell in love with it. I'm a romantic at heart, so I just I loved it. I love the the artistry of it. I love I like meeting new people too. That was that was one thing. And yes, you definitely get sometimes the bridezillas <laughs> every now and then, but it it's you get I, I'd say that's pretty rare actually. It, it doesn't happen as often, but you get more brides that are just wonderful people. You meet so many like I've I have brides that I'm actually friends with still on you know through Facebook that I've actually done their family pictures. You know, I get to I get to stay in touch with them even after the wedding. Okay, so what does Go Weddings offer that is unique? Uh, besides the the marketplace and things like that, I think the main thing too is that it is more local vendors other than let's say compared to the knot and things like that, where it feels a little bit more um, like a corporate entity where this is it's all Louisiana based vendors, Louisiana brides. It's catered to Louisiana brides. So you know, I think also being a vendor myself and uh, kind of understanding the nuances of weddings and, and what different things are changing throughout the years and, and seeing all these 
you know, being able to kind of upkeep with the styles and stuff like that, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a different perspective on it. So Louisiana does have a really, really rich culture. Is it common? Do you have brides that specifically ask for weddings that incorporate a rich culture? And what would that look like beyond our rich culture and food? Because we know the reception itself, I'm sure, is full of the culture itself. Yeah, I think you definitely see it within, like, some of the different areas around the state, and it's definitely within the food, within the um, the music and things like that. Like, you know, New Orleans weddings compared to Lafayette weddings, there's definitely some differences um, with that. But, yeah, I, I think the a lot of the things such as, like, the money dance, stuff like that, you don't see a lot of those things up north or, or even buffets. They do a lot more, like, sit-down dinners and things like that. So with here, it's definitely they are ready to party. They want to, you know, line. the <laughs> second line. Um, I've actually done a few weddings where you could tell there were people from out of town because they had never heard of gumbo. They had never heard of a second line. It was a whole new, you know, thing for them. So it was kind of cool to see you know, how they interpreted all that, you know, our culture too. So if I'm a prospective bride and I'm looking on the website and I come across Go Weddings, what services do you offer? What is going to be the advantage of using this wedding directory? Our services, we don't do wedding planning per se, um, but we do offer, you know, tons of information. So there's, with the vendors, you can uh, go to their sites, there's galleries, there's all kind of information on there. Um, I do try to keep up with, you know, we have a blog and stuff, so I try to update that, you know, monthly. We do vendor spotlights, you know, weekly vendor spotlights. So we try to keep up with, you know, like I said, give our vendors, you know, try to get their information out there as much as possible and try to just make sure that, like I said, we're kind of updated on all the um, the new things coming out for weddings. So, you know, I know that there are checklists. So is there a checklist that you provide? You know, is it all of the services? Is it kind of an A to Z? What would I find? What would I walk away with? I, I think mainly um, getting getting your vendor information and, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty much going to be everything that you could ever think of for weddings. So if you do want a wedding plate or you could start with that. We have everything from even painters, wedding painters, food, tuxes, dresses, even floral preservation. That's a new thing. Uh, mobile bars is a new thing. That's a, another something. And it may be something that people didn't necessarily think about that they might have wanted for their reception. They may have discovered, oh, well, this is something I might actually want to check into and, and have for their reception. How far in advance would you even recommend a bride look for these, look for their prospective vendors? Some of the vendors you definitely need to almost do a year to a year and a half. Definitely photographers, the venue, flowers, I would say. Some of the bigger things uh, like that, you definitely want to think about doing, you know, about a year or so in advance. We we book pretty quickly. So uh, we still every now and then get some last minute, you know, weddings. Um, I personally, I just booked one for September. So I know that that's <laughs> right around that's, the corner. That's right around the corner. So uh, yeah, sometimes you have some that, you know, it may have been just a last minute proposal and they, they have to, you know, get it done quickly for whatever reason. But yeah, typically, like I said, your, your photographers, videographers, things like that, uh, venues, you want to book those pretty quick and, you know, quickly in advance. So I'm going to switch over to Patrice and hopefully I get the date right. It was January 2022. 
Yes, it was a beautiful wedding. I was there. I witnessed it myself. So this is not hearsay. (laughs) The wedding was phenomenal. But I was really shocked later when I talked to Patrice to find out that she had planned it all herself because I went to her saying, hey, who planned your wedding? I want to get him on the radio. I want to get him on the show. And she's (laughs) like, well, I did it. So how did you make that brave decision? I kind of fell into it. Um, I was definitely of the mindset most of my life. Oh, you know, if I ever get married, I'll pay someone to be stressed for me. I'm not going to do that. But when it actually happened, it was just something that was, I, I hate to say easier, but it was it was easier for me to fall into planning it myself because I knew what I wanted. I, I could see a vision that not everybody could see. Well, I have to ask because, I, you know, we're all women in the room. Mm-hmm. I'm sure as little girls before we even found that significant other, you know, we had dreams of what our wedding wanted to be. So prior to you really, be, you know, even being engaged, did you have a vision of what you wanted your wedding day to look like? I did. And it changed and changed and changed. <laughs> <laughs> um, even back in high school, I can remember a time where my friends and I would go to the library Tell you how nerdy we were. Go to the library before school and look at bridal magazines. So it was something that, yes, like most little girls, I had uh, an idea of the things that I wanted. But over time, it was shaped by my life experiences and the personality changes that I went through as a a young woman blossoming into who I am now. So, yeah, I did. And I deviated and, and, and you came deviated, back and huh? I tell you, I still <laughs> think that's one of the bravest things to do is to plan your own wedding. How much of a factor did cost even um, factor into it? Because weddings, of course, you know, another one of our coworkers told me about a, what, let's see if I can remember, a backyard. I do barbecue and it sounds unique, but it also sounds, you know, cost saving. So how much of a factor was cost? As far as deciding to plan my wedding myself? Correct. It wasn't a huge factor for me just because I come from a family that has a lot of talented people and I was in a lot of weddings. So I was literally like living the movie 27 Dresses at one point. (laughs) Seriously, I was in three weddings in one year (laughs) at one point, you know, and it was like I was on a rolling circuit, you know, so... Um, I learned a lot from being a bridesmaid. And then also one of the best weddings that I had uh, been an attendant in, she actually employed a lot of our relatives to be vendors. And I thought, I was like, oh, that's really cool. So just kind of leaning into the fact that I have a lot of talented people in my family was helpful to where I I didn't really feel like I needed a wedding planner at that point. I also have a very active husband and he was one to kind of spark a fire under me to, to start getting things together. And by the time that happened, it was just like the the logical thing was to just do most of it myself. But I had a squad. I had support. My dad's two sisters, my aunties are always in my they're my corner men. <laughs> they're always there. Uh, so they were very instrumental in helping to make sure that I stayed on top of things. I have two cousins that are that do wedding coordinating quite often, kind of like as a hobby. They they enjoy weddings, so I also had them for guidance. And like I said, my my husband is very active, so he would send me different resources. The biggest resource he he pointed my way. He found a book at Barnes and Noble, and then took me to Barnes and Noble to purchase it to kind of say like, okay, like. 
I don't know what the problem is, but we need to get things going. And that's how things So very about. motivated, was it? And so I guess, <laughs> yeah. Rachel, I want that makes me want to ask you this question. How involved have you found grooms to be um, with the brides that you encounter? And are they ever the person that contacts you and says, hey, I'm getting married. Uh, help me plan this wedding. They do. They do. I've actually I've been in touch with one recent, for a recent wedding that, that just booked. Um, and we're trying to schedule engagement pictures and things like that. It's not, I would say most of the time it is the brides, but you do, you do definitely get the grooms here and there. Their main thing is needing to make sure that they, they pick out their tuxes and things like that. Of course, they always, you know, they want to feel like they're doing something and everything. But every now and then, I definitely get some that are more involved, you know, in that. Um, and I think that just may be. Maybe their personality, they want to take charge a little bit more and stuff like that. So, Patrice, how far in advance did you even start planning the wedding? I actually started probably April 1st of 2021. So it wasn't a full. Not quite a year. Maybe. And that was really at the behest of my husband. I was just really cool, just chilling. Um, and like to, to piggyback off of your, your former question, cost really didn't factor in to my decision to plan my wedding myself. It was really my procrastination that kind of uh, spearheaded it. But maybe April 1st of 2021 would be uh, fair because we did book the venue in late March of 2021. So it it was a quick turnaround, which I didn't I personally didn't know. My aunt actually, I didn't get my wedding dress until July of 21. I think I picked it out. I I don't even remember. But my aunts were like, okay, you know, are you sure there's going to be a wedding in January? Because you don't have a dress. Like, you don't have any, like, all you have is a space. (laughs) So was there ever a point when you looked in the mirror and said, oh, my God, why am I doing this myself? I should have gotten a wedding planner. I mean, like I said, I, I had my my squad behind me, mm-hmm. so they were there to kind of check in and say, you know, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And my husband was constantly like, okay, well, trying you to know, get you down the aisle, right? Pretty much, he was like, well, I want to get this done this year, and so that's really how it ended up happening during the course that it happened. He wanted it to happen at the, by the end of twenty one. But the dates weren't available. There weren't any dates available that were feasible. So that's how we ended up in January of 22. So what would you say was the most enjoyable part about planning your wedding yourself? I'm a pretty laid back type of person. Uh, So I liked being able to kind of freestyle stuff. And I think it helped me to adjust my expectations, Um, even though I'm fairly passive. I'm also type A. It's stuff that don't really match. But um I, I, I'm a perfectionist, so it let me. It allowed me to relinquish some of that perfectionism, just because my expectations weren't hinged upon someone else disappointing me or 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 making my dreams come to fruition. So that took a little bit of the edge off for me. The most enjoyable part, dress shopping with my father, probably was one of the most enjoyable things that I did. Uh, my, my father's a widower, so I didn't have the opportunity to have that moment with my mom. But I had several dress shopping excursions, and that was probably my favorite one. He wasn't there when I made the like final decision, but um, it was certainly fun to be able to do that. Uh, and then I just enjoyed being able to—I'm a creative being, so just being able to see things kind of 
come together and it's like, oh, wow, okay. Like, what I saw in my head is really, like, in front of me. My biggest, I guess, payoff was just seeing how it all, like, all of those ideas converged and really did turn into something beautiful. Because I was a little skeptical at times. I'm like, these colors are really strange, I'm sure, to some people. But <laughs> but you liked them. <laughs> I loved them. And they they worked, you know, eventually. So you have a full-time job. You work here at Neighbors. I do. How did you find the time? Did you really schedule time? Did you have it on your calendar, you know, every Saturday from 9 to 12? It's wedding planning. Or just did you fit it in when, when, you, when you could? It, it was kind of a combination of both between my my husband and my aunts and my cousins. They would schedule time with me to discuss about it. So when we really had our first, I guess, planning session, my aunts had lunch at the house with one of my my matrons. We um one of my other matrons my other matron lives out of town, so we had her on FaceTime on her laptop, and the five of us sat and and discussed things and set timelines and deadlines for things. From then on, we would schedule like meeting times to kind of like follow up on action items and to see what else needed to be done. And then when we added my cousins to the mix, they pretty much started doing the fine tuning type of stuff, asking about like transportation or shoes or jewelry, that kind of stuff. But initially it was my two paternal aunts, my two matrons and me. Sounds like you had a really good supportive team put together. But of course, I have to ask, you know, every wedding day has its faux pas. You know, mine I'll share was the day of my wedding. I waited until the last minute to go and find that long line bra. You know, I was in a dressing room the day before trying on 30 of them. And the day of I'm getting dressed and I got dressed at my best friend's house and I accidentally grabbed hers. And so here I am getting dressed and I'm like, I tried on so many bras. I think I bought the wrong one because this one does not fit at all. And I'm just in here in tears. And then she yells from the room. Who took my bra? So that was my faux pas. (laughs) What was your wedding faux pas? And do you think it could have been, would it have been different had you had a wedding planner? Well, let me also say that my venue came with the day of coordinator. So she helped to facilitate things through the rehearsal. And then also as we were walking out. I think she was more nervous than me when it came down. <laughs> I, was like, I almost had to tell her, like, okay, you have to calm down. <laughs> you know, it's okay. Um, and and in, in that particular faux pas, because there were several, she was like, oh, my God, a few attendants were missing. And these were people that um, one would have found to be, like, critical to the mission. Not to me. So I was when just, you say missing, you mean late? They didn't know where they were. Okay. <laughs> so uh, some of them had been spotted. And then, you know, like, uh, apparently there were things that happened that were unbeknownst to me. And to be honest, I've never really spoken to my husband to find out if he actually knew about some of the the things that were happening. But in any event, I just said to her, okay, well, is he here? You know, my dad, I knew my daddy was there, you know. So it's just like, okay, she's like, what do you want to do? We can have, you know, this person come back and walk with this person. I was like, we don't have to do all of that. Let's just go. (laughs) It didn't matter. You know, to me, it was just like, you know, okay, if this person is missing or if that person is missing, okay, they already know this day is not about them. It's about, you know, me and my husband 
and God, you know. So this is us and our covenant. And I guess it kind of started our our covenant off, you know, under a, a test. And I was just like, no, you know, let's just let's do this. Doesn't matter. Like if they if they come, you can have them sit wherever you find. You know, it, it, it honestly was like water rolling off a duck's back. And some of the other snafu, because one of the individuals that was missing had been missing throughout the day. And it was just like, I, I don't know if I was just like over it. Well, I didn't, honestly, I just never really gave into it. It was just like, okay, you know, that person will materialize if they need to or if they choose to. If not, we are rolling. You know? So nothing that a wedding planner could have saved the day. No, no, no. Um, my One of the things that I guess I still kind of cringe about is my stepdaughter's hair. Um, she had gotten her hair pressed and straightened out. And I did not know that she had a plastic bag on her head. I don't a plastic like shower cap or something. And she slept in it. So she sweated her hair out. So when I came back from the hair salon, I walk in to see my stepdaughter with her natural hair just completely reverted back to its natural state. And one of my bridesmaids, you know, fervently combing her hair. And I'm like, okay, really? (laughs) You know, like we just spent this money and, you know, it's like of all the things to go wrong, this is not anything I could have calculated or accounted for at all. And um, I immediately, I called my my hairstylist, who was already on the other side of town, she was like, I'm sorry, I can't, you know, best thing I can tell you is just pull it back. And I was just like, okay, you know, so with that, again, a wedding, unless she did hair, it wasn't really anything <laughs> that she could have saved me from. Sounds like my favorite episode of Mike and Molly when she comes in with the big poof hair. <laughs> so we spent a lot of time, of course, talking with Rachel and Patrice about, you know, what I would consider, hey, traditional wedding, you know, brides planning weddings all the time. You know, they enlist vendors to help them. But justice of the peace, right? Justice of the peace wedding. When I think justice of the peace, I really think Vegas and Elvis, but that's not quite, <laughs> you know, what a justice of the peace ceremony is like. Is that true, Christy? It is absolutely true. Um, (laughs) A justice of the peace wedding, there's so much flexibility, so much spontaneity. You can get married any day of the week, any time, any holiday. You can have just about anything you want as long as the justice of the peace is available. So it's not just this cookie cutter, you know, office with you and a hired witness and a bride and a groom. Absolutely not. It's it's personable. It's heartfelt. They can bring, and most of them do bring lots of people. We've had we can accommodate probably up to twenty people in our chapel. Now, a justice of the peace can also perform weddings at venues across the state of Louisiana, and we've done that as well. So I'm just curious how how many ceremonies in general do you perform a year? I mean, this is wedding season. I mean, it's as busy as I would imagine Rachel is and, you know, other wedding vendors at this particular time of the year. I will perform over 100 weddings a year. Wow. That's that's quite that's quite busy. So you said the ceremonies can be you have a chapel or they can be in your location. Um, what type of decisions, of course, when you're doing a justice of peace wedding, what kind of decisions would a bride and groom have to make versus, you know, your traditional wedding where there's, you know, 
thousands of decisions. Is it any different? I mean, do they get to have a photographer? Is there music? What options do they have? Well, in our office, they are always welcome to bring a photographer. They can bring their flowers. They can bring a cake. Some of them have even brought champagne. But we do have a setup to where all of the flowers and the church pews, everything is there. And they can put their finishing touches on it if they like to. They don't have to because it's all there. And and some of them have brought those things. So I definitely would imagine that it's cost effective. Are there any other advantages to having a justice of the peace ceremony? I believe so because there have been lots of people that they just wake up and decide, you know what, we've been together for quite a while. Let's get married. And so they go get their license at the clerk of court and they can get married in the Justice of the Peace office that day. Really? And so so how far in advance? I mean, if I wanted to get married today, is Friday. If I wanted to get married tomorrow or Monday, would it be just that simple as me getting a um, wedding license? Or how far in advance, realistically, would we need to approach you to schedule a date? Well, if you're going to have a wedding at a venue, of course, I mean, once you schedule that wedding, you know, book the justice of the peace so we can block that off. But if you're going to get married just a spur of the moment and the justice of the peace is available, I mean, you can get your license. It's good for 30 days. So you have, if you're going to book a justice of the peace, it needs to be within that amount of time. So we're talking, it's June, and I know traditionally June is the busiest month for regular weddings. Is there a busier month for you as a Justice of the Peace in terms of ceremonies? Is it June as well, or is it just really even killed throughout the year since people can spontaneously get married? Well, I looked through all of my records, and it appears that April and October have been my busiest months over the last couple of years. Any any clue why you think that is? You know, we get to we're planning for June and we're like, you know, forget this. Let's just go to Justice of the Peace. That sounds about right for April. Any rhyme or reason you think April and October? I think it's just the spontaneity of just people deciding they're ready to get married and they don't want to go through a planning, a wedding that will take a year or whatever. They just want to get married right away. And it's the spontaneity of it. Do you find that there's a particular age group that does it more so than the than the others? Do you find it's maybe second marriages more so than first marriages? Well, we have a lot of both. Okay. We have a lot of uh, first-time couples, and then we also have people who remarry each other, and then we have second and third weddings as well. And so I've been to, of course, a lot of traditional weddings. So I can only go off of TV stereotype where typically Justice at a Peace weddings seem like they're about, you know, three minutes. Do you? Do you? I do. I do. So can you tell us how on on average, how long is the Justice of the Peace ceremony? It'll probably take about 10 or 15 minutes. So not far from TV is not too far from the truth. And every wedding I've ever done, whether it's in the Justice of the Peace office or it's at a location, the bride always tells me they want it quick and fast. <laughs> and I'm like, I got you. I'll handle this for you. And 15 minutes tops. So I know with traditional weddings, even do it yourself, you know, the, the price tag can be 
as economical as you want or off the chart. What is the price range, I would imagine? Is it more structured for Justice of the Peace? Is there a set price? Or does it depend on, okay, we need flowers, we need the chapel, we need you to come to our venue. Is there an average price for Justice of the Peace? Well, if you're going to get married in our office during the week, it's 150 If you're going to get married after hours or on the weekends, it's more. And then, of course, if we have to travel, that plays a role in the amount as well. So I'm just going to put Rachel on the spot and say, what do you have on your website that we can get it done for 150 <laughs> Can't think of anything. You don't have no. to answer that. So Not much, but I can be accommodating to people's budget, too. I, I definitely don't mind doing that. So I'll ask you, Christy, what's the most memorable um, ceremony you've ever performed? And does and, and, and I'm going to ask you another question that I just thought of, but go ahead and answer that for me. There are lots, but the most memorable one was my superhero-themed wedding. The woman dressed as Wonder Woman, and he was Superman. All right, Rachel, I'll ask you that same question, but then I'm going to switch back to Christy because I have to ask about the Elvis weddings. I just have to. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, the most memorable wedding? Oh, gosh. I mean, I, I've seen, you know, all kind of different different weddings and ceremonies, but I think uh, the one that probably stands out the most is a, a wedding I did quite a few years ago, and it was an Indian wedding, and it was four days long. And so it wasn't like full days or anything, but uh, it was uh, the bride was Indian, the groom was um, American. And so they did the Indian ceremony on a Friday night. And then Saturday they did the American wedding. And uh, Sunday they do kind of like a final send off from the dad. You know, the dad kind of does the ceremony, uh, giving the bride away. And uh, it just was so different, I think, especially the Indian ceremony is completely different than what we're used to. I mean, everything there is just the the tradition and the culture. It was just really, really unique and neat to kind of experience that with them. And also the outfits and the dresses were just gorgeous and the colors. It just, it blew my mind. I mean, it was just in, you know, Thursday night they did the henna hand and I was like, I almost wanted to do it too, just so I could like kind of have that experience. But that one was, was really interesting for sure. So tell us a little bit, you know, since you do do the photography, you know, what are, what are the most important things somebody needs to know if they're hiring a photographer? Uh, a lot of times brides do go into it pretty much knowing what they want and what style. You know, my main thing is asking them, basically, what are they looking for as far as, like, coverage for the wedding day, how much time? Because uh, my business kind of has different packages to choose from and things like that. Sometimes they want to do pre-bridals and engagements. Um, sometimes they just need a few hours. Like, I just got a wedding where it, they just need a five to eight, you know, in, um, in town. And so I kind of have to rearrange, you know, uh, the prices a little bit just because I don't obviously not going to charge her the same amount, you know, for these long hours and stuff like that. So I kind of do uh, per hour at that point. I've definitely had brides where, you know, they were on a budget and, you know, I'm I'm totally okay with kind of working with them. And, you know, sometimes they want to do maybe being able to prepay, you know, do like monthly pay- monthly payments and things like that. 
um, to kind of just help with the budget and things like that. And I'm totally, you know, open for that as well, because I know that that makes it a little bit easier when brides are dishing out, you know, especially when it gets closer to the wedding and they're paying the venue and they're paying the photographer. And that's a lot of money all at once. So sometimes it is easier to be able to to, you know, kind of space out those payments and things. And so on average, how much would you say today, just on average, is the average bride or a couple spending on a wedding today? You know, when you look at all the different vendors that are available. Oh, probably fifteen to twenty five thousand. It's it's probably in that budget. And I and I think that lately, especially in this last year though, I think people are definitely scaling back some. You know, when it comes to to budgeting things like that, I've noticed that with a lot of my brides, um, they are, they have been kind of shopping around different vendors, and and you know everybody is different. You know, even within the the photography um, business, the photos can range from you know a thousand dollars for a package to ten thousand dollars for a package. I mean, there's definitely photographers out there which. It's kind of crazy to me. <laughs> and I'm actually kind of on the lower end. I actually have a lot of other photographers tell me I need to raise my prices, but I would like to stay at a certain amount because I do know that some brides are paying for their own wedding versus having parents or family that can help them out. Some people don't have anybody that can help them out and they're doing it all on their own, sometimes also still in school and paying for school or even buying a house, sometimes all three, and then they wonder why they're they're stressed out, you know, because they're they're doing all these things. So, all right, so I'm gonna go back to Patrice. Was there anything along the way of the process? Because, like you said, always the bridesmaid and finally the bride, right? Mm-hmm. That really shocked you. Anything in terms of cost that maybe it was, you know, more expensive than you thought or less expensive? Was there, you know, what what was your big takeaway in terms of learning moments during the process? I, too, have friends that are, like, photographers and stuff. So I wasn't terribly surprised as far as how much the cost of photography and stuff could be just because it ranges. And one of one of my friends actually has a mantra, is artist subjective, prices are not. And so I kind of feel like, you know, you spend your money on whatever it is that you value um, and whatever it is that you want. So as far as costs were concerned, I guess, as far as like looking at the line items, I thought it was interesting that like they would charge you if you chose to have your ceremony at the event space, like you might get an extra um, fee for that. Or like it was just like little things that would kind of be like, oh, OK. But as of right now, like nothing is really like sticking out overall um, as far as cost is concerned. So anything else that you learned that just was shocking in terms of the process or maybe a better question would be, and we know you'll never need to do this again, but if you had to do it all over again, mm-hmm. right, because that that's, everything is straight, what would you change? What would you do differently? Is there anything? You know, it's funny. Um, my husband and I were having this conversation recently and he was like, I just feel like it was perfect. I, I wouldn't do anything different. And I was just like, well, I would have spent more money. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I think we still, we broke our budget. I mean, I feel like that's just kind of part and parcel just for weddings, period. You can set a reasonable expectation. Just also know that depending on, again, your values and what you want, you may or may not entertain going above that. And that's okay. But for me, I save more money just because 
the perfectionist in me replays the day and I'm like, oh, I could have did this or like this would have been dope. You know, like so it's 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 more of just enhancing. But I, I felt like it was just a really good day and all of the the work and the money and the hours and sacrifice, it all paid off. I don't have any any regrets about the day or the money that was spent. I just feel like if you're gonna if this is supposed to be for forever and you're gonna go through with that that huge undertaking of planning a wedding and, and going through the pomp and circumstance, go all the way. You know, go hard or go home. So And I have to say, you know, I have pictures in my camera and it looks flawless to me. It was a very, very beautiful ceremony. I, I can't even imagine what you would have changed. But, you know, it's still in the back of my mind. I have to go back to Christy. How many people come in and want to do an Elvis wedding? <laughs> I haven't had anyone come in wanting to know this wedding. They save that for Vegas, huh? They save yeah. that for Vegas. Is there anything, have you ever, I guess, maybe received a request that you couldn't accommodate? Is there something that's just like, okay, we're just of a piece, we can't do this? Or is there anything that's kind of like off limits or something maybe you've not been able to accommodate a wedding request for? No one has ever asked for anything like that. What I cannot accommodate is any type of wedding reception at our offices. People have asked, you know, to bring champagne, and I'll allow that, but no one has ever asked to bring anything other than, you know, champagne. But I, I couldn't allow anybody to bring, you know, an open bar or anything like that. They can't stay there and, you know, have a wedding reception. Okay, we so strictly the ceremony. Just the ceremony. And is it is it typical that you would have them back-to-back? Like, would you have a wedding at 4 and one scheduled for 4.30 and one scheduled for 5? Yes, especially on the weekends. I could do as many as four weddings at my office on a weekend. Oh, wow. This has been some really good information. So, Patrice... <laughs> You know, for our DIY um, would-be brides out there that want to plan it themselves, what's your best advice for them? Before I answer that question, I did just have, it did occur to me something that was surprising. Credit card fees were surprising to me. So some of, and I I guess it's not that outlandish or far-fetched because a lot of the vendors are small business owners, but they, and I guess working in finance, I understand that some costs you absorb and some you do pass on to the consumer. But I found it very interesting that some of the vendors actually charge credit card processing fees. So like if you pay for your wedding dress or if you pay for the venue that you and you wanted to use a card, you would have to expect a like three and a half percent processing fee um, to do that. And it was just like, wow, okay, like that's interesting. To me, it was very interesting just because they're in a lucrative business anyway. It just didn't seem like a cost that they could not have personally absorbed. But also, it's just like that's kind of what's become commonplace. Most people will make most purchases at this point through point-of-sale purchases. So you're using a debit card or a contactless payment or something of the like versus cash or check. Mm -hmm. And it was just like... Okay, so that was something that I learned and that was valuable to me, valuable to me. And that was something that I used to lead with when I would speak to vendors. It's like, okay, well, is there a cost for paying, you know, using a credit card? Or I would also advise anyone to just go in knowing that you can negotiate things. It's okay. I'm a person that asks a lot of questions anyway. It's just my nature. I'm very inquisitive. But I asked a lot of questions 
But some of the questions that I had were almost standard, almost like a little script for me. The credit card processing fee was one of them. If there was a discount for prepayment, because some some um, vendors would discount if you just paid it all up front. And I kind of, I feel like that was something that was helpful, but I could see where it would it, it could also burn you. My father was like, don't ever pay for stuff, you know, until you get the finished product. And I'm like, well, in this case, it's one of those things where you're going to have to pay for the product before you get the finished product anyway. So mm-hmm. before your makeup artist is going to do your your makeup, she requires her final payment before she she takes a single brush out. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with your photographer or your decorator or your, your baker. So you're going to have to take that risk anyway. I just feel like why not save some money in the interim, you know, because you're gonna you're gonna have to eat the expense anyway. You may or may not be satisfied with the end product, so try to negotiate on the front end so that at least, even if you're not altogether pleased with it, it's not as part of a blow. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm gonna ask you, Rachel. I mean, since you have the vendors, you provide this unique list for your um, prospective brides. Do you have any idea if that is the standard that they? you know, past that cost? Because I do see that a lot now. It's becoming, unfortunately, more and more common that, you know, the credit card fees are being passed over to the consumer. Are you able to speak to that in terms of your vendors? Are you aware if that's pretty standard for them or not? Um, I'm not, I'm not really sure the, with the other vendors, um, what their, their money standards are. Because at that point, you know, past the, Having just the website and stuff like that when when brides, you know, go to their website and then start to interact with them and things like that. I myself, though, you know, for the photography, uh, let's say like taxes and stuff, that's all included in the package because it don't really, you know, they're already looking at a possible, you know, $2,000 package. I don't want to add another percentage to that. Um, I also don't do the processing fees either because, yeah, that's my choice to whether or not to use the credit card or like Venmo and things like that. So. So that's all, you know, understood on, on my end. That's they, they don't have to take care of that. <laughs> and so what are your best pieces of advice for somebody that's, you know, maybe they just got engaged and are like, yeah, it's time for me to start planning. What's your best piece of advice for that bride and groom? Um, I think, you know, kind of making a list of what they want to, you know, initially have in their wedding and, and start with kind of the big things and work down from there and, you know, there's so many different, you know, as far as like venues or flowers and things like that, they they really do range in prices and, and size and things like that. It really depends on if they're wanting, you know, a huge wedding, which you could still budget even for having a lot of people and things like that. Um, I've seen the I've gone for the big weddings to down to the very small, intimate backyard weddings, and they're all beautiful. I think you can really make them all your own unique thing. And um, whether it is DIY or, you know, having a planner that just kind of does everything for you. Um, but I think there's definitely advantages with with the DIY because, uh, like you said, you have family and things like that, if, especially if you have family that can cook and, you know, possibly even do flowers or invitations and things like that, you know, definitely take advantage of that if possible. Okay. And and definitely the justice of the piece seems to be the most simplistic of, you know, of your options. But would you still have advice for a prospective couple, bride or groom that wants to do a justice of the piece wedding? Well, I've had very many weddings in our office and everyone who comes 
they always respond that this is not what they expected. And so if it's if you're looking for something very simplistic, I think your justice of the peace is the way to go. If you're looking for something, you know, immediate, your justice of the peace is where you need to be. Well, ladies, this has been very, very enlightening and entertaining. Um, Rachel, I want to give you the opportunity first to just go ahead and tell everybody if they want to learn more about your website or your business, how can they reach you? Um, for the photography, they can reach me at uh, rachelarenphotography.com. Or again, if you would like to uh, check out the Go Weddings, um, again, if you're a new bride and, and or just don't know where to start, you know, you can check out uh, the website. We have all the different vendors and kind of start from there. And that's the goweddings.com. All right. And Miss Christy, if somebody's saying, you know what, uh, I've heard about the traditional wedding and the do-it-yourself, and I'm really intrigued about just having a justice of the peace, how can they go that route? They can just look up Christy Mayo, Justice of the Peace. Okay. And then Patrice, are we going to have a viewing day? Are you going to have a day where we can, everybody can come and view your wedding and see just how <laughs> elegant a do-it-yourself wedding could be and maybe convince some brides that, hey, maybe I can plan this? Sure. Um, but it have to be on a case-by-case basis. I am very selective. You know this about me. Um, and then also... Um, I'm, I'm kind of private, so it'd have to be something like where we're one-on-one. I'm not going to broadcast it. Uh, but I did want to say to the brides out there that think that certain things are without, um, not within their, their reach or purview, things are a lot more affordable than you realize. I always thought that fresh flowers would be just an astronomical price, for instance, and it it actually was about the same for for silk. So that's why I chose to go with fresh flowers. It's like, okay, this is what I wanted anyway. And it actually worked out budget-wise. So I would just advise anyone that it's really a lot simpler than you think. Don't overthink it and have fun with it. Use your contacts too, because a lot of my people knew people. So that helped me out. Well, that sounds like a great plan. I am sure that there are some brides. I wish I could kind of be a fly on the wall with some women right now listening to this particular podcast that maybe they wanted to do it, do it yourself, and they've changed your mind, or now they're wanting to do the justice of the peace. But I think we've given out some great information. So thank you, ladies, for stopping by and spending some time with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Planning a wedding can be as simple or as complicated as you make it. Here are a few tips to ease the stress that often turns brides into bridezillas. Set a budget from the very beginning and stick with it. Start planning early. This will ensure that you can book the facility that you may need and have the people that you want to be involved in your day available. Trust your gut. When it comes to making those big decisions, you know what you want. Follow your heart. And then educate yourself and make decisions on what's important for you and your significant other. And finally, check out neighborsfcu.org forward slash financial education to learn more on how to use the money you have, make the money you need, and save the money you want.